0: This is the John Favreau's "My Daddy" podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. It's Creambus time. Christmas time. The 12 days of... ABC's 12 days of Christmas starts now. Except
0: it's freeform now. Oh, freeform. Garbage. Freeform. Absolute days. garbage.
1: Garbage. <laughs> I used to remember around this time, they always play the first and the second Harry Potter films. Yeah. As of as like the start to Christmas.
0: Yeah, except now I think what the, HBO owns them. Habbo. <laughs>
1: So you know uh, what's her face? Wonder Woman is coming too, I and mean, Wonder Woman the second, yeah. nineteen eighty four. A lot of numbers happening here. Yeah. That's happening to HBO. That's happening to HBO Max. That's coming to HBO Max. That's exciting for people uh, who like super. I was gonna say, uh, no, 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 not the reason, for me. The reason why I bring it up, you silly son of a person, is because <laughs> Kristen Wiig's in it. Really? She plays the main, the main guy. That's exciting. The the main villain, the
0: main villain, the HBIC. Maybe I will watch that because that sounds entertaining. She plays Chita. Ooh, i know i'm pretending i know who that is no
1: like she, like that's her name i'm not 100% sure. cheetah anyone out there if you know who this like is the, like the jungle cat yes and oh. she like uh she it's set in the 80s uh, i assumed 1980 yes wonder Five? woman in Four? 1984 and apparently the guy who died in the first movie comes back how they're going to explain that wow. i don't know
0: spoiler alert telling me someone dies in the first movie. Jessica, you're
1: not going to watch the first
0: movie. Correct. I won't. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Oh. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm rested. It's great. It's a great day. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, no, I mean that. I'm in a good mood. Oh, that's
1: brilliant. Also,
0: you have a Christmas tree, which is putting me in the spirit.
1: I was going to say, my Christmas tree is up. I told you guys exactly. a few episodes ago that I'm I would... drinking a
0: coffee with snickerdoodle oat milk.
1: Yes, in. this shit's the bomb. That's if you, crazy. If dairy makes you, then maybe <laughs> go to Whole Foods and get the so delicious.
0: So delicious.
1: Uh, snickerdoodle
0: oat milk creamer. It's tasty. I don't like brands that tell me how to feel about their brand in the brand name. You know? <laughs> ah, yeah. Is it so delicious? It's so delicious. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so delicious. It's just me, an Australian, an Aussie, <laughs> sipping my so delicious uh, oat milk-based creamer. Down under in the willies.
0: <laughs> Just say every Australian word you know. Go.
1: Bobby, Shrimp. <laughs> Willie. Wonka. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Nicole Kidman. Baz Lerman. Australia.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Yeah, this podcast is going to get banned in Australia.
1: I disagree. I listen, Aussies. I love you. I've never had Vegemite, but I might. I I it sounds pretty pretty
0: gnarly. So, Uh, Uh, who is today's daddy? You know, today's daddy is she's amazing. I love her. It's the first daddy we've done who is no longer with us. No longer with us. So a a granddaddy of sorts. Sort of, yeah. Um, this is Nora Ephron. Today. Nora Ephron, the writer of all of your favorite love stories, mm-hmm. all of them, literally, uh, literally. Close all your eyes. Of them. Close your eyes. I mean, except for Nancy. Think Myers. of a
1: movie. Think of a movie, and it's probably by Nora Ephron.
0: I, I mean, more specifically, think of like a romantic
1: film. Think of a romantic <laughs> film,
0: and it's probably Nora Ephron. <laughs> you heard it here first. Every romantic film. My roommate is probably by Nora. <laughs> brought Efron. to you by Nora
1: Efron. <laughs> uh, brought to you and now currently brought to you by Nora Efron's estate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Nora. Make we she love you, girls.
1: Tell us a little bit about her, Monica. Yeah. Nora Efron, baby sweet granddaddy Nora Efron, was a journalist, a blogger, an essayist, a novelist, a playwright, an Oscar nominated screenwriter. Oscar as in my friend the academy award <laughs> my personal friend Oscar. and <laughs> a movie director a rarity obviously in the film industry where you know directors of the female persuasion are few and far between sure uh, she became one of her era's most successful screenwriters and filmmakers making romantic comedy hits like Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally oh yeah uh, and her later box office success included You've Got Mail and Julian Julia she was a beloved and brilliant daddy, and her contributions to the rom-com world remain vast and everlasting. Honey, hell
0: yes, I yes. I love Nora Ephron.
1: Love that queen bee. She just no
0: one, no one writes a rom-com like she does. No one except for Nancy Myers. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but Nora <laughs> Ephrons are still like I think like smarter.
1: Nora you know? Ephron. So I think that Nora Ephron is. Smart, witty, funny. And I think that that translates a lot into both her essays and her screenplays. Yes, I haven't read any of her
0: books. I haven't read her books either. I have read some of her essays and her plays. Oh, her plays are... So good. So good. So good. So good. So I guess the first movie we're going to start with is... I mean, all of her movies are iconic, but this mm-hmm. one I think is like, like.
1: Close your eyes, think of
0: a movie, and it's probably
1: when Harry met Sally. <laughs>
0: I'm just. I was just waiting for you to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies. Uh, women love it. Men love it. Men like, surprisingly love this movie. Fi- film boys love film when boys love Sally. This movie.
1: and specifically NYU film boys love this movie. <laughs> you throw a stone. And you hit an NYU film boy, you will not, you will not hit an. Uh, and then an, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I was going with.
0: Let's redo that.
1: <laughs> I meant to say because I forgot what the what is it an idiom? Throw a <laughs> throw stone, a stone and, and you won't find a a a, a boy without throw a,
0: a stone. <laughs> and if it hits an NYU film boy, they'll one hundred percent like when Harry Met Sally. Yes, it's a long way of saying what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. This movie is uh,
1: iconic, and it's yeah. iconic because of the scene. We'll get in. We'll get into that. We'll later. get into it. So
0: let me tell you a little bit about mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally, nineteen eighty nine, written by Nora Ephron, directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. We love Rob Reiner. In we love this house. Rob
1: Reiner. Why do we love Rob Reiner? Because he's Rob Reiner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the episode where Monica raps. Rub, 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 rub. great rap good job thank you okay in 1997 college graduates harry burns played by billy crystal brilliantly and sally albright played by bank ryan also brilliantly share a car ride from chicago to new york during which they argue about whether men and women can ever truly be platonic friends Ten years later, Harry and Sally meet again at a bookstore, grow incredibly close, and attempt to stay friends without sex becoming an issue between them.
1: Okay, first of all, we have to answer the question. Yes, we have to. We're uh, we're legally obligated <laughs> to answer the question of can, can men, men and, and women,
0: women be platonic friends? Um, yes, yes.
1: I also agree. I think that <laughs> times are different in 1989. One of
0: my best male platonic friends is in this room. <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah so
0: that's but it's 2020 baby things are different i, I would say i would say however if i meet a 25 year old woman if i met a man now like and we didn't know each other before mm-hmm. i would say that would be weird if that we became would be platonic weird. friends that's
1: true you know what that is actually a vibe you know you know i feel like if i met a guy now who w- was straight mm-hmm. um I think it would be weird. Yeah. Because there would be that, that like, not intent I think anything, less like,
0: weird if you're single. Um, right. Because like, let's say you're, you're single, ready to mingle, you go to work, mm-hmm. you meet someone who's your age and you just become friends. Ready to mingle, yes. But if you're in a relationship and you have to go to your significant other, your significant other and go, hey babe, I'm going to go hang out with this guy <laughs> who's just my friend. And it's just going to be one-on-one we're going to have met, dinner. Who I met recently. Yeah. <laughs> And we're gonna have dinner. We're gonna have drinks and dinner. It's fine though, and maybe a movie also. <laughs> yeah, no, that just sounds weird. Sounds- I'm not saying it can't be platonic. <laughs> it just, it's just weird. <laughs> I, I agree.
1: I, I will say I have not met any male friends in my yeah. adult in my adult years who aren't gay. Yes, who correct. I feel
0: like yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I making any sense? You're making sense to the listener. You're making sense. Like it's uh, I mean, I've made male friends in my 20s who like are straight but we were like, you know, in theater together. So it's mm, not You
1: know what that means, listener, when you're in <laughs> theater together. It's just like not
0: as weird. <laughs> it's not as weird cuz you're boning. <laughs> because you're boning away. We were we were not boning. <laughs> Can confirm. (laughs) Boning did not occur. (laughs) Were there no bones in the chicken wing? There were no. Were they it was, boneless? It was a boneless wing, <laughs> which I prefer. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. anyway, so yeah, so that's our opinion on that question, yeah. uh, which honestly wasn't an opinion. At <laughs> all. It was. It was. It was yes with an asterisk.
1: Yes with an asterisk <laughs> and a footnote. Yeah, <laughs> and like another footnote under the footnote. Uh, take but, it all with a grain of salt. Uh, but
0: that is to say that Harry believes Harry. Harry Billy Crystal strongly believes he believes that men and women cannot be friends because the sex Period. part always gets in the way is Agreed. what he says yes. because even if you are truly platonic friends the man has at least thought about wanting to or like thought about having sex with you yeah which i don't deny i don't think that that's false but I, I don't think that that keeps you from being a platonic friend you know absolutely i think it's okay
1: for like a I don't know. I guess like I think it's human to I think go it's I human wonder what thing? it would
0: be like to have sex with that person. I agree. You know? It's a it's a human environment. Or I wonder what this friend of mine looks like naked, but do I ever care <laughs> to find out? No. I wonder what Jessica looks like. <laughs> like. <laughs> I feel like you've probably seen me naked, Monica. It's just um, how it would be, but Sally believes that you can.
1: Yes. So we have two very conflicting viewpoints and on two conflicting characters
0: friendship. in yes. general. These these characters are at the ends of of a crazy spectrum. Which here.
1: Nora Ephron does a really great job of put, pitting like. Two people against each other and then weaving their personalities together to find harmony. Yeah. And then creating a beautiful balance for them, um, which not a lot of writers can do with their characters. No. They just say, you guys hate each other and then you love each other. But she actually finds reasons why they end up getting from point A to point B instead of just fucking getting them there, um, which I really
0: love. Well, it also takes place over the course of 10 years. 12 and years. So- 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And you watch the characters like still remain who they are at the like at their core values, mm-hmm. but you watch them grow and mature, which is one difficult to do as an actor, but two also difficult to write at, you know. Yeah. It's it's difficult to write that and then also get the actor to translate that correctly. Absolutely. Um so it was just a really wonderful marriage I think between writer and actor um, in this movie especially. Specifically with Meg Ryan, she does a yes. really great
1: job of translating Nora's dialogue and mm-hmm. like messaging and overall story and character onto the screen with like such seamless brilliance. Like I have like Meg Ryan was made for like the Nora Ephron film. Yeah. Period. I and think, I, it's because she doesn't get in the way.
0: No. She doesn't get in the way of the dialogue. She's also just like, she's beautiful and like a girl next door. See. But she's also like real and See. attainable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like calling someone attainable, but you know what I mean. She's like
1: relatable. She was,
0: she's someone mm-hmm. you could meet in real life yes, very easily. Which absolutely. I think is why a lot of people shit on some other rom coms because they're like, mm-hmm. this would never happen. Nora Ephron rom coms are about, real people you might not have met them yet but they are real people in the world and these stories are like real adult stories just with like a slight more slightly more like whimsically mm-hmm. romantic element to them yeah because i mean they have to be fucking entertaining <laughs> like, it, well, they yeah, have to
1: yeah be. absolutely um i think with specifically with harry met sally i think that a lot of what makes the movie special is the relationship between harry and sally obviously obviously it's when (laughs) harry met sally what an observation what an observation i deserve a commendment. (laughs) um but not only that it's it's viciously about heartbreak it's viciously about what other people can do to other people like what what someone that you get you let in and you get you know that 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 Mm -hmm. forces themselves to be so close to you and you hold on to them and then they rip themselves away from you like this movie uh demonstrates heartbreak i think really really well in a very honest way um that i don't think a lot of other rom-coms have or or any other movies have for that matter because i think with a lot of other you know of of these kinds of Mm rom-coms a lot of the times they'll like show like a a scene of her being like I'm sad I'm I have heartbreak Mm -hmm. and never like the the like visceral crying or the wondering like what what's wrong with you like why are you the way that you are why did this person not love you yeah um and it shows it from both perspectives which I think is so cool and real and honest and I Mm -hmm. think that Nora Ephron did a brilliant job of of setting that all up and like giving us enormous payoff at the end no totally um
0: yeah i agree she she has found a way to like weave together all of these different kinds of relationships so that you can kind of compare and contrast all of them so we obviously have harry and sally who hate each other at first and then become friends and then spoiler alert have sex and then and it's awkward and it's terrible and then they actually get together but then you also have like carrie fisher who at the beginning she's like the other woman constantly waiting to see if the guy that she's seeing is going to leave his wife for her then they have another friend who's married and then you have like billy crystal who's divorced Mm -hmm. and meg ryan who was in a relationship for a really long time but then he left her but then he decided he did actually want marriage and found someone else Mm -hmm. so all of these like intricacies and nuances of different types of love it's real life it's real fucking life. I, I love it. It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. And I think it would be easy for you to watch the way that Harry and Sally's relationship goes down and just be like, well, Harry's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He, you know, they slept together and then he lost interest. Mm-hmm. But like his reaction was pretty fucking realistic. It's very honest. It's like, yeah. whoa, like this was a mistake. Yeah. He, he realizes that he just... Potentially fucked up something with his closest friend his, in the entire honestly, world. Honestly, you might think like his only
1: like real friend. Yeah,
0: because like he has he has Jess, who yeah. is a man, mm-hmm. um, who marries Carrie Fisher's character, <laughs>
1: and who has the <laughs> most disgusting coffee table, the wagon on the wheel. Face of the,
0: planet. Table. the wagon wheel, Roy Rogers coffee table, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah so like him and sally are are like they're like fucking soul mates yeah they're, they're
1: they're platonic soulmates. yeah
0: yeah and then they have sex and, and then
1: fuck it all up
0: yeah I, I, the thing is is like can you call it a mistake because they did ultimately get together it's well, just it was very startling for here's them. the thing the so
1: i i've been thinking about this a lot tell me and i think that a lot of what makes it a mistake for me is because it it was not. It didn't happen with the with the intent for yeah. it to happen. It happened because they were both incredibly lonely and yeah. incredibly heartbroken. She was heartbroken because she had just found out that he that her ex boyfriend of like what fucking six years or some bullshit. Yeah, they were together for a long had, time. And the reason they broke up was obviously because she wanted to get married. He didn't. Yeah, and he was like, I
0: don't want a family.
1: And now he's married. He's or he's getting married. Yeah, he to received, someone he noticed. just met. Exactly. So. You have this woman who is in deep pain. She calls her friend who mm-hmm. happens to be a man to come over and console her. Yes. And Billy Crystal's character, Harry, is also in immense pain. You know, he he recently got divorced to a woman that he thought he was going to be with forever. Mm-hmm. And they were both just holding each other like in loneliness. And I think that that's a very specific and very real situation. Yeah. um, And I think that what Nora Ephron did made those characters do after the fact was Mm -hmm. even more honest because I think a lot of people... A lot of people use each other in that way. And I think I I obviously sometimes it's 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 really wrong and it is a mistake. Like you shouldn't use someone to help you get through your pain. Yeah, you should. You can always ask for help, but like physically like using someone to try and like wipe away pain and and coming into it with only that intention is never going to end well. No, not Um, at all. Versus, you know, had they taken the steps to like realize that they were like actually in love with each other and they wanted to be together and then it resulted in them having Mm -hmm. coitus then maybe... then maybe it wouldn't have been a mistake.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is is like their relation their friendship already is like insanely codependent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's insanely codependent. I mean, they're super close friends and they're really good for each other as friends because they are so different. Um but they're crazy reliant on each other yeah. for like not just for emotional needs but also I feel like a sense of like existence and um b- yeah. being and identity. Yeah. Um and so you you kind of uh, you the audience look at it and you're like these two people like would do really well together but then they do the ultimate act of codependence mm-hmm. by sleeping with each other the way that they do and it takes like a huge rift between them to kind of give them that perspective mm-hmm. which i think is how a lot of relationships happen I Like agree. it takes something huge to give you a dose of perspective Adort. like that
1: Adort yeah of per-
0: perspective <laughs>
1: <laughs> you provide the food and I provide <laughs> the perspective.
0: Uh, that was a quote from our favorite movie, ratatouille, ratatouille, if you
1: haven't seen it. By the way, enormous sidebar. Yes, yeah, tell me. I heard on the TikTok yeah? that there is a musical Ratatouille that's happening like all over the TikTok.
0: Um. So I needed to be in it.
1: So but but in all like f- in all seriousness and Pixar responded to oh it God. with a picture of Remy the rat from Ratatouille yeah. Remy Ratatouille <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> saying like we see you guys like we hear you and it's just him doing like the hey like the little the little like fingers. finger guns like whatever a rat can do with a finger gun um he can do a lot he's a chef he's a chef anyone <laughs> can cook i very recently learned this because playbill had posted a playbill of ratatouille the music i saw i saw it on your instagram story exactly and so i had to do a deep dive oh, to and then you figure found this out, out why they were posting a playbill
0: the tiktokers they have so much power. they have too much power
1: we have to take it away okay anyway back to when Harry met Sally when Harry met Sally
0: Nora Ephron does a really good job of pointing out like the difference differences between male and female friendship yes as well um and also just like the pressure that women feel to find love and be in a relationship because like yes it is something that Sally ultimately like comes to want Mm -hmm. but also it's after everyone fucking around her is saying that like marriage and true love is something she needs right whereas harry had the luxury of like coming upon it on his own which is why i think his divorce was so impactful brutal because he wasn't in the marriage camp no and then he like met someone he met someone who made him believe in it it's just i think Nora Ephron does such a good job of doing kind of social commentary while also making these really, really real, relatable love stories.
1: Absolutely. I mean, she makes so many. She has so so much messaging, specifically about like the nuances between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like it. It's very much a, a much smarter and much funnier. Like women are from Venus, men are from Mars. Yes. Yeah. Kind of a situation, and I think specifically with the scene in Cats Deli. Yes. Where uh, Meg Ryan as Sally is like, you know, try to explain to Billy Crystal (laughs) Harry that women can fake orgasms. And Mm -hmm. Harry's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like my women never fake orgasm. (laughs) And this is a little bit of like the, you know, women are from Venus, men are from Mars kind of thing. Uh, And she just goes and like fucking goes at it in the middle of the cats deli Mm -hmm. and faking a huge, enormous organ, like from start (laughs) to finish honey like she goes for it it's so uncomfortable and it is so the thing is it is so uncomfortable and you can tell that she doesn't give a shit she's like you know what if you're not gonna believe that women fake orgasms i will make you believe i will make you believe so hard in the middle of this fucking Mm -hmm. delicatessen in front of my fucking reuben sandwich (laughs) with my pickles and my chicken soup I will do it babe
0: I will do it <laughs> it's funny because I think that moment while iconic is so out of character for Sally but also really really necessary at yes. pointing out like their different viewpoints on things um I also like that they weave through those like true stories from older couples yes they're not told by the real couples but the stories are real yes and I love that because like I said before You watch a movie like this and people are always like, life isn't like a rom-com. Life can Mm -hmm. never be like a (laughs) rom-com. That's all made up movie (laughs) bullshit. But then she, first of all, writes a story that's very real. And then also weaves through true stories of like rom-com status. Almost like to say, see, it can see? fucking happen. It can be this way. Believe in love, you fuckers. It's, is pretty much what normal. Yes. Which she
1: takes she basically <laughs> takes the messaging of, of the Polar Express and slaps it on rom coms. <laughs> believe, believe, you fuckheads. And not only believe, but believe in love in New
0: York. <laughs> Hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When Harry Met Sally, ten out of ten. Ten out you of ten. You gotta watch it.
1: You gotta watch it, dude. The screenplay is like almost perfection. Yeah, it's it's like it's really close it's really good. To she perfect. is like, she's a writer. Like yeah. it was almost like she was like born mm-hmm. to write words on a page. No, it's totally. Very, um like because the thing I I I was thinking about this like a couple weeks ago when Jessica and I were like talking about who to do next and Meg it was going full disclosure, it was going to be Meg Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and then we were like no. And then we were like, wait a second. Every Meg Ryan movie is a Nora <laughs> Efron. Movie. What makes these movies special isn't Meg Ryan, it's Nora Efron mm-hmm. because she has this insane ability to take real life and blow it up on the screen, and make it honest and truthful, mm-hmm. and entertaining, yeah. and 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 you, know, it, it makes you question things, and wonder about things, and worry about things. Like I watch your movies, and I and I leave like not content. I leave like, well, am I doing this wrong, or like, what's this? And like, I I question a lot of the things that I do in my life because sure. of Nora Ephron and because of the way that she writes specifically dialogue and like character intention. So. Yeah. I just I just think that When Harry Met Sally specifically is an incredible screenplay. And I think that she was literally made to write the rom-com. Like, uh, she has yeah. defined that era for me, 100%.
0: I absolutely agree with you. So I guess let's move to our second film, Monica. You've Got Mail. Baby.
1: Uh, You've Got Mail. <laughs> Came out in 1998. Written by Nora and Delia Efron. Her sister. Is it Delia or Delia? I think it's Delia. Delia.
0: I just (laughs) fucked up. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know her personally.
1: (laughs) Delia, come to the phone. Uh, Directed by Nora Ephron. Yes, bitch. Snaps for snaps. Based on the play Buffamilky by... Miklos Laszlo. Good job. He's Hungarian. (laughs) Which was then made into the film The Shop Around the Corner by Samson Raphaelson. Struggling boutique bookseller Kathleen Kelly played by Mekrayen hates Joe Fox played by Thomas Hanks. Tom fucking Hanks. Tom Hanks the owner of a corporate Fox Books chain store that just moved in across the street. When they meet online, however, they begin an intense and anonymous internet romance, oblivious of each other's true identity. Eventually... Joe learns that the enchanting woman that he's involved with is actually his business rival and must now struggle to reconcile his real-life dislike for her with the cyber love he's come to feel. Cyber love. Cyber love. Love on the internet. Woo-hoo, baby. Cyber love. Email. I am messenger.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Every every day it's like a concert up in this house. (laughs) Okay. You've got mail. You do, you have mail and the mail says, I love this movie.
1: This uh, was Nora <laughs> Ephron's attempt at like being very cheeky about like
0: yeah. Be the- like, I'm gonna comment on technology. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: comment on technology, honey, and not only technology, but the way that we use it, and the way that we abuse it, <laughs> and the way that it impedes us from meeting real people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a an early example of. A mo- of a movie commenting on uh, how technology is affecting our relationships. Yes, <laughs> but in this movie,
1: it it's goes like, it goes <laughs>
0: so beyond. <laughs> like yeah. like but, this would never happen. No, this would this would never happen. However, I do think they just released a Netflix original movie or series. Of a similar concept for real, where it's like fucking pen pals, no, actually (laughs) fucking know each other in real. I don't, I don't know. I know. Anyway, this is the original. It's not the original because the original is the shop around the (laughs) corner. But this one is still fucking great. And I think one of the biggest things that I love about this movie is that all of the characters are fucking adults. They are adult people with adult jobs who don't aren't looking for love in a way where they're like my life isn't complete without love
1: if i don't have my man woman or person (laughs) then i'm nothing
0: exactly they have their careers that they fucking care about and that's what comes first for them or like their family comes first love is just like a nice little bonus but they're all also already in relationships Mm -hmm. that when it's time for them to end It's not dramatic and crazy. They're just like, we're not in love with each other anymore. This doesn't make sense. And then they separate and it's great. An adult and no one's screaming and crying. No, (laughs) very (laughs) different from when Harry met Sally. (laughs) Well, when Harry met Sally, I feel like they were screaming and crying for like a good reason. Yes. But like, for example, when Meg Ryan and Greg Kinnear... Break up in this movie. Yeah, they're just—it's like, very amicable. They're just like we're just not in love anymore. It's just not working, baby. And no <laughs> one's upset about it. No, they're just like fuck,
1: dude. We we. we need... I think you know what's so funny is I think that that Nora Ephron captures a very specific feeling, um, when you're that age or like when you're an adult or older. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of the feeling of like you know sort of like who you are and you're yeah. no longer in the process of finding yourself mm-hmm. you're already there yeah so it's very easy for you to be like this is not for me and that's okay yeah um and i think that not a lot of movies feature that um no. and i love i love the scene with meg ryan and what's his face
0: canule <laughs> what's his like what's his Kinnear? face mcgee <laughs> Greg Kinnear, <laughs> Greg Kinnear, who plays um oh shit what's, what's the name his of name? Her, he's- his character <laughs> so, um uh, uh, they they always just they always just he's a writer like,
1: and he and he like he does a type he does this like cheeky typewriter yeah, thing call him, like, he's the nut
0: and the observer
1: <laughs>
0: Frank Navasky. Frank Navasky. uh Greg Kinnear yes
1: um but I do like I I love that she shows a, a certain amount of security mm-hmm. in her adult characters that is actually honest um a lot of adult adult people in adult relationships realize like there's no use in getting upset when the reality is we've drifted apart we no longer love each other and Mm -hmm. that's okay yeah and not only that but like now we have to move on like life is not like it was when we were in our 20 somethings like it's not like all about what's happening in the moment now we like it's like we're here the future is here so now our main goal isn't to scream and cry and wreck his car our main goal is to move on and like because we have the rest of our lives to live
0: and that's that exactly i think even even prior to the breakup so tom hanks is dating um parker posey who's in her character's name is patricia and yes this. so they're together and then Franken and Meg mm-hmm. are together. <laughs> Frank and Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mixing character name and actor name I all over the place here. Kit, They're full together. On, full so on. even prior to their breakups, their relationships were very real and very adult. Like they were in love and they were together, but they weren't like fucking making out and having sex all the time no. and like staring at each other with like googly eyes and shit. With like dust. they were just very realistic relationships going through the motions of their daily lives together and you could tell that it was a point in both of the relationships where they were just like really comfortable with each other as adults. Absolutely. Which is really refreshing to see because I think when people criticize rom-coms and they're like they're so unrealistic it's because of things like this where Mm. every couple like they've been together for 20 years and they're still all over each other which is (laughs) just like not not (laughs) true. Not true 99% of the time. It's not
1: really the (laughs) case.
0: and these characters in this movie have the like they're comfortable in also like joking about their partners and joking about their relationships even though they know that they love them like tom hanks has that really great line when he's talking to dave Chappelle about mm-hmm. about kathleen about the girl that he's talking to online mm-hmm. and then dave is like well like what about Patricia? And Tom Hanks is like, oh, I, I love Patricia. I love Patricia. Patricia. I love Patricia. Patricia makes coffee nervous. Is what he's saying. Yeah. Her, which is so fucking funny. Which
1: is so specific and so honest and real. It's not like she has a banging bod. It's like she makes... No, it's
0: like she's nervous. fucking anxious and neurotic, but I still love her. Like, I yeah. love Patricia, you know? And I think that that takes a real fucking adult to tell love stories like that. Absolutely. Which is what Nora Ephron
1: is. Um, And then just the infusion of technology and like the the communication Mm -hmm. aspect of all of this. What's funny is this is a movie about communication or rather a lack of and then uh, an abundance of. Yes. And I just think that it's so witty. It's so smart Mm -hmm. in the way that it delivers the commentary. And I just... This is a movie that I think it's overlooked a lot. Yes, I agree. Just simply because of, I think, two things. It's title. (laughs) You've got mail. uh, And it's Mm -hmm. genre. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I think that it's so smart. And... I think people, once they watch it, they see that it is an incredibly intelligent film and a wonder. It's wonderful storytelling. It is wonderful. The
0: people in this movie are fucking actors. A listers, baby. Tom Hanks is incredible in this movie. There are
1: only Merrill's and Toms in this movie. Only.
0: (laughs) Only. Only. (laughs) Like, Tom Hanks is so fucking funny in this movie like hit all of his shit about like the godfather oh my which, god what a funny commentary from nora efron about how all men are obsessed with the Godfather. go to the mattresses i can't say she's wrong about i'm pretty sure every man i know is like yeah the godfather the godfather's like the, the best
1: movie ever made
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I think Tom Hanks in it. He was like, "Well, The Godfather for men—that it, it's the I Ching, you know." Yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh, what a so film! Good. I, I just this movie just brings so much joy. The only thing about this movie that I don't like, or that I think is the point of where the realism kind of drops away, is that they fall in love. Through this, because Tom Hanks eventually finds out that Kathleen is the woman that he's talking to. Yes, yes. And the so woman across Instead of telling her that he knows, mm-hmm. he pretends he doesn't know, and then gets close to her so that he can like kind of make her fall in love with him in real life, mm-hmm. so that he can like pull a one eighty. Which is a <laughs> at little... the end and be like, surprise, it's me, <laughs> and you love me and she's just like totally fine with it and i'm like you fully like lied to her and then put her out of business yeah you destroyed her career
1: like excuse me honey like what are you doing
0: (laughs) but she's like i wanted it to be you
1: that is the only honestly that is you're right that is kind of my only like big issue with this uh
0: I honestly just think it's there for the entertainment value. I mean, it has to be that because they have to end up together, and Absolutely. that's the best way for it to that's, happen. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't be fun for him to admit to her immediately. It's me. Let's, let's be bone. friends. <laughs> let's hang out and then they slowly but surely build a relationship that's not entertaining to watch no that's not
1: entertaining to watch the slow burn nah
0: (laughs) not in this one baby let's cook
1: with gas
0: this movie's literally about the internet aka instant gratification
1: aka cyber
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah great movie go watch it yeah you've got mail
1: 9 out of 10. Loses one point simply because she has a stalker at the end.
0: Gains it back for the dog, though. Oh, so I'm going to say, that's a animal good Animal actor. Dog. Ding, ding,
1: ding, ding. We should have some kind of sound effect for whenever there's an animal actor in a film. Bork, 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 bork. <laughs> animal actor.
0: <laughs> zip, zip, oh. zip, zwie. <laughs> so that brings us to... This is time for Ratatouille, written
1: and directed by Nora (laughs) Ephron.
0: I'll let you finish. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Linguini! Oh my God. The other cooking movie.
0: (laughs) The other cooking movie. Um, So this is, was this Nora Ephron's final film? Yes, before Sad. she
1: before she um, sadly passed away in 2012. Yes. we'll have our fact guide double check that.
0: Yeah. this is Julie and Julia 2009, written and directed by Nora Ephron, based on the book Julie and Julia by Julie Powell and My Life in France by Julia Child. And Alex Prudhomme. Frustrated with her depressing job, New Yorker Julie Powell, played by Amy Adams, embarks on a daring project. She vows to prepare all 524 recipes in Julia Child's landmark cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Intertwined with Julie's story is the true tale of how Julia Child, played by Meryl Streep beautifully, herself oh. conquered French cuisine with passion, fearlessness, and plenty of butter plenty of butter (laughs) 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 what a cute synopsis how
1: cheeky how cheeky (laughs) (laughs) okay Julie and Juliet is one of my favorite movies of all time
0: oh is it I
1: didn't know that of all time I fucking love this movie it's got Meryl it's got Tooch It's got my boy, Tooch. Tooch. (laughs) It's got Amy fucking Adams. Mm -hmm. It's in New York. It's post 9-11, honey. It's the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. It's got cooking vibes. It's got butter. It's got love. It's got failure. It's like the birth of the blog. It's the birth
0: (laughs) of the blog. (laughs) Like, I'm into it. I think the biggest takeaway that I have from this movie is that it's just like the ultimate confirmation that Nora Ephron can and does write real stories. Yes, and writes truth. Yes, um, because these are both first true stories, obviously, <laughs> both based on true no, stories. No, but it's also two wrong stories. <laughs> They're true stories where there's a a ton of writings letters recordings etc everything of all of these people which in a way is really helpful to writers because obviously it gives them shit to use Uh, yeah but in another way it can be really difficult because when you it's time to fill in the blanks within the dialogue you have to stay true to the voice that you already know that they have and that audience members can point to and go they don't sound like that they wouldn't have said that because yeah, yeah, yeah. of all of these other examples so that that is a challenge and Nora efron she conquered that fucking challenge oh yeah not she only conquered that, that shit
1: but i think just as as a as a whack of film yes. i think Nora efron directed this beautifully mm-hmm. i think that she learned she had learned a lot from directing you've got mail yes and i think that this this Julian and Julia I feel like was Nora Ephron's like baby mm-hmm. of sorts and I think that it was executed with primarily Nora Ephron's vision and executed so well by her and I think that because she held its hand like every step of the way the final product was a gorgeous film yeah both directed beautifully and obviously the story is incredible it's impeccable and the cast in this movie is actually perfect yes um and i love that meryl streep gets to play this like very like sure of herself but also insecure a lot of the time Mm -hmm. woman who is who is of an older age who is learning a new skill and eventually like because of her entrepreneurial spirit, like monetizes that skill yeah. and brings joy to millions of at the time women. Cause you know, at the time only women cooked mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all over the globe. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I have so many fond thoughts about Julia Child and I think only Nora Ephron could write specifically this film. And a lot of it has to do with like putting all of your faith in a person or an idea or a mm-hmm. philosophy or a hobby when you are at a really dark point in your life and letting that sort of like be your moral compass and your guide out of that darkness, which Amy Adams plays so beautifully. Um, and I just think that it makes it makes a lot of sense to me why this movie works, because it follows two women who both need something out of the world mm-hmm. and eventually get it, but don't get it the exactly the way that they wanted to yeah and you know obviously there's like the quote like don't meet your heroes yeah uh because in the end you know julie played by amy Adams, like you know finally hears from julia child Mm -hmm. (laughs) played by meryl streep and it's not the response that she wants to hear but she still acknowledges the journey and how much julia child helped her through
0: yeah i think I mean, obviously, Nora Ephron couldn't have changed that ending because it happened in real life. Real Julia Child heard about the blog and was like, "Mm, seems insincere, seems silly, Mm -hmm. which is difficult. It it feels incongruous with the Julia Child that you've been shown the entire film. Mm -hmm. But also, that's a much younger Julia Child. So, you know, I guess it is plausible with her and her older age. Mm -hmm. But even though that's like a disappointing thing to hear both for julie and for the audience the journey getting there even just as a viewer was so pleasurable Mm -hmm. and so inspiring Mm -hmm. that it almost makes it like even more inspiring that that was the result
1: absolutely honestly i think that this movie does a really beautiful job of painting a picture and then at the end having it be like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't look the way that you want it to, Mm -hmm. but it's still here and you still painted it. Like it still happened. And I think, I think about JK Rowling a lot when I think about this film (laughs) because of all of her bullshit Uh that's happening because it's, it's a matter of like, you know, in her case, the Harry Potter series, it is so much bigger than she is now and yeah. it is so beyond who she is mm-hmm. and it helps so many people through so, so many difficult times and provides such a light in the world that you don't even really think about her anymore when you think about the Harry Potter franchise, especially no. because of all those insane fucking comments she's been making. Yeah, she, it's, J.K. Rowling is bad news there. Absolutely. <laughs> it, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's so much bigger than her. No, absolutely. Yeah. And in a way this that reminds me of this because i think that with julie and julia's journey Mm -hmm. julia julia child is a much bigger deal in julie's mind than just being a human being who cooks yeah it's an idea like it's a philosophy of life Mm -hmm. it's it's a vessel by which joy gets like injected into her life Mm -hmm. that i think she needed so so badly Mm -hmm. um, against like that awful backdrop of a life that she had in that really shitty apartment in, you know, with the really shitty job, with the really like, you know, kind of complicated relationship and the complicated relationship with herself as well. Like Mm -hmm. I think that choosing to tell the story in this way and offering the audience glimpses of that process, I think is so incredibly honest and smart and brilliant. I I feel like I am honestly there and I don't know. I honestly don't know how she did it, but I'm <laughs> very into it. I'm very into it.
0: No, I I completely agree and I also think that it says a lot about Nora Ephron as a director and how she got so much joy out of her actors, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously these people are seasoned actors, and they were a listers before they were in this fucking. Amy Poehler, it's Amy it's Rame Rame bananas, Rame Meryl and Streep, Street. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> like, come on! But when you see, like, specifically Stanley Tucci and Meryl Streep interact, like, yes, you do have all of this written evidence because of letters, et cetera, um of their relationship, mm-hmm. but. Their relationship is like so pure and so joyful that I think that with a lot of other filmmakers, it would have come off as just like a caricature um, of, of like, like what a good relationship is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But it was so like uniquely pure and uniquely joyful, um, their dynamic, that I just 100 percent bought into it and then kind of saw it as like something to aspire to having a uh, having a connection like that. You know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think I think this movie is a lot for a lot of people. Like, Mm -hmm. I have not met someone who hasn't seen this movie and has said, like, oh, my God, like, this movie, you know, I put this movie on when I'm sick. Or, like, I put this movie on... Um, when I'm when I feel really down and I want something to like perk me up, like exactly this is a lot of people's comfort movie, mm-hmm. and that's for a reason. Yeah. Like it it infuses so much joy and life into human beings, and it does that through a very specific medium, and that's food, mm-hmm. um, which is it transcends language and it transcends feeling. Like everyone can gather around a table and like understand that like they're sharing this meal and it's a good thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I love that Nora Ephron specifically communicates through food and like allows Amy Adams to make the mistakes when she makes them like with the beef bourguignon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that symbolizes something like that's her failures and, yeah. and she busts her ass to make it for that reporter. Um, is it doesn't she make it for that reporter yeah she's she supposed does to make it for a reporter and then the reporter doesn't show up or yeah, she she's says. like a publisher or something yes i i that's what i was thinking i yeah. was like i couldn't remember if it was a reporter or a publisher I think it's a publisher um and she she's she's slaving away making this movie because in her mind mm-hmm. she's translating in that food like i th- i care about this so much and i need this yeah like i need you to understand that this is my life and yeah. this is me and i need you to like get me on that level and it she shows that by like pouring her blood, sweat and tears into this, and it fails. Yeah, and she burns it. And it is so personal, so deeply personal, like that was scorned and she was scorned. and it was just very like, I felt that. Like I felt that. No, totally. so
0: deeply. <laughs> Nora Ephron, she understands what food means to people, and she understands what art means to people, and she marries the two Mm -hmm. really wonderfully in in holy matrimony in a in the holiest just like really perfectly intertwines them and conveys like the importance of both um, and how both communicate and communicate together a lot of times. Um, It it's just a really beautiful movie. Like I think when I think of Nora Ephron films, I just think that they're all just so like lovely and because they, they look good. They fucking sound good. They're smart. They're pretty. You know, it, they, it just hits like all of the right spots. And this one, all of the right especially
1: spots. it's in France, baby. Perry, baby. Perry, baby. <laughs> 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 um if you have not seen julia and julia yeah first of all find the joy in your life <laughs> exactly uh second of all stop everything and go watch it i'm mm-hmm. almost certain it's on netflix or like hbo max or fucking. Um, or I, had shit. To,
0: I had to rent it
1: oh my god um i own it so <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> no i didn't rent it i signed up for a free trial of showtime <laughs> so that i could watch it that is so funny I, I canceled the trial
1: do I have stars or Showtime? I have stars, I think. Um, which I use to watch funny people.
0: <laughs> um,
1: anyway, just go watch it. I think, it honestly, it is a great movie for Christmas time. Yeah. That is not about Christmas, even a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, it just gives you all of those, like, warm feelings. It
1: gives you all those warm feelings. And it there's a little bit of spicy drama. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of spicy drama. There's a little bit of that, like, post-9-11 backdrop. There's just a little bit of tension. yeah. Uh, and it's it offers you a beautiful piece of storytelling, and it is very entertaining, and it gets wrapped up in a pretty little Nora Ephron bow at the end, and you will enjoy it. Yes, agreed. Ten out of ten. Ten gold blooms out of a possible. Ten Tucci's out of a possible ten (laughs) Tucci's. Tucci gang for life. I'm gonna get that. I swear to God, I'm going to get Tucci gang tattooed on my specifically left buttock.
0: Good, your husband will like that. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Alrighty. Well, that was Nora Ephron. That was Nora Ephron. We love her. Go watch all of her movies. Go watch
1: all of her films we love her all of them she had an incredible legacy and we are continuously talking about her in this day and apparently she's also posthumously (laughs) writing something yeah or offering (laughs) something of hers
0: is being made um so confusing very (laughs) confusing considering she's been dead for eight years i'm
1: just when it's like what she's working on now i'm like oh okay imdb
0: (laughs) sure 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 she's literally living on mm. um so we have something funny um that <laughs> relates to the last episode the day so share share
1: yeah so Jessica actually brought this to my attention she had read somewhere i couldn't remember where it was from it's from yeah. vulture it's from uh new york magazine vulture, vulture. uh and it is Seth Rogen on John Fav- on that like that insane John Favreau joke in Funny People, where yeah. he comments on like
0: he <laughs> he's talking to Jason Jason Schwartzman, Schwartzman, and he's like, "You look like Jackson Brown. I and look, like, I look John like John
1: Favreau. John Favreau. <laughs> no, which obviously he was saying
0: like, "I look like
1: John Favreau. Yeah, like he was like, "I look ugly," as if to say like, "I'm ugly." Yeah. Uh So I'm going to go ahead and read to you this quote from Seth Rogen that tells you exactly what Daddy John thought of Um, this joke. The truth is, I've said so many mean things about so many famous people that I have a hard time keeping track. Uh, I'm working with John Favreau right now. And and he was like, that joke you made about me and funny people, it hurts. (laughs) You're in a theater full of people. They all laugh. It sucks. It actually hurt my feelings. And I was like, I honestly don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you believe? Like, no. First of all, I love that Seth Rogen doesn't even remember the line. I love how he was probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) like
1: It was probably so fucking
0: funny. I didn't say anything mean about you.
1: What are you talking about? What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> and John Favreau was being like a little sensitive boy. Like, excuse
1: me. Like, it hurts my feelings. Knock, knock, knock. Excuse me, Mr. Rogan, sir. You've <laughs> hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, so funny. I just thought that y'all would get a kick out and of that. It's, Jessica it's thought it's y'all really would cute. get a kick. That little extra piece from John. Oh my God. Can you believe? I mean, sometimes I wonder, because we always keep track mm-hmm. of the John Favreau references in every movie that we yes. watch ever. And it's honestly there's a, a lot. lot. Like,
0: the man has made a mark. The man has made a significant mark if in If that cinema. wasn't clear because we have an entire podcast dedicated Inspired to him. by him.
1: So I just need, to, I need you guys to understand like <laughs> how like deep his cuts are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, they're deep. He makes some, no, no shallow cuts here, baby. No. He makes some deep, butchered cuts. <laughs> um, And I've always wondered, like, when people make fun of him, Mm -hmm. does he notice? (laughs) Like, does he care?
0: And he does. Apparently, he does. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we don't know what tone he was saying in it. If he was just like fucking around, no, he probably was. No,
1: Seth Rogen seemed very sincere in this in uh, in his apology. So uh anyway that's that if you ever get made fun of in a major motion picture call us we'll sympathize and also laugh behind your back
0: exactly
1: uh so monica yeah what have you been dabbling in i've been dabbling in some christmas spirit honey i've been dabbling uh i've been trying to find the perfect christmas blend of coffee of coffee there is no other Christmas blend. Um, so far I've been sipping on the Starbucks Christmas blend. I'm looking into other brands. Okay. I don't necessarily drink Starbucks on a daily basis, no. but I do enjoy their Christmas blend. I get yeah. the whole beans. I have a grinder at home. My husband grinds the beans. We put them in the in the thingy that makes the coffee the coffee maker. The
0: coffee maker, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: It pours coffee out. I put my little Snickerdoodle thingy in there. Amazing. It's a bing bang boom. It gets in my body it gets me going. Yeah, bitch. It's a good it's a good time. <laughs> so, if any of you guys know any other good Chris, Christmas buns that are not Starbucks mm-hmm. but have the same vibe. Yes, let me know.
0: Let us know. What have you been dabbling in? Um, I just got back from a little mini vacay. Vacay? So, I've been dabbling in um rest relaxation i was gonna say
1: jessica make it known to the to to our (laughs) listeners you didn't go to like the cape
0: (laughs) no 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 uh so my friend had her parents own a cabin in a little town called aspendale in it's like in the mountains above the one from frozen that's arendale (laughs) (laughs) this is aspendale um it's in in california yeah it's in the mountains above bishop it's like four and a half hours from los angeles it's sort of like mammoth adjacent mammoth um and so my friend who lives she lives in oakland she she and i both got tested and isolated and then she drove down and met up with me and we drove to her parents cabin and we Mm. were there for a week and it was beautiful and it snowed one day and i worked while i was there but it was a lot of just like hanging out and i don't get to see her that often because she lives in the bay so Mm. that was really nice and went on some hikes and tried not to get altitude sickness and you know It was a great time. That's so nice. Yes, I got back yesterday. Very nice. Very nice.
1: Oh, wow. You having vacations? (laughs) Safe vacations with friends? Exactly. It was very nice. I saw some lakes, some mountains. I was going to say, that's probably the only vacation you could take during COVID times. Yeah, honestly just like to your friend's cabin and just be there yeah. alone and not do anything <laughs> and not do anything exactly uh,
0: Corona um, we have a question this week oh what's a question it is from Anonymous oh, again what is a good gift to give a movie lover what that's a great question um how pretentious is the movie lover you're talking about I was gonna
1: say because <laughs> you could either get him a prop from saving private Ryan yeah <laughs> <laughs> You could get him a piece
0: of the rubble that they mm-hmm, use yep. in one of
1: the explosions.
0: <laughs> Original concept art. Original.
1: <laughs> uh, you could get him the the DeLorean.
0: Yeah. I think uh, you should buy, I think you should try the and buy prop that.
1: car. <laughs> uh you could get him the Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> like the real one, like mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yes. Get him to come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> um but in all seriousness uh-huh. if you have just like a movie so like we are movie lovers yeah, yeah, right? yeah we are not so we have different like definitions for different people on this podcast there's like film bros yeah, yeah right yeah. and those are like the incredibly pretentious yes filmy film lover yeah people who
0: hear you and they go you like that movie
1: <laughs> oh. you deserve to die you deserve to die yeah <laughs> I like this X, Y, and Z. And then you have like film connoisseurs who are like, they watch like French cinema and like, Shit on everything that's like by Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and yada yada yada. And then you have film lovers, like movie lovers, yeah, who are just like we love movies we love and movies, that's man. that. Um, if you have a friend who's a movie, I cannot help you if you have friends who are like film connoisseurs or film bros no. because I, I, I'm serious. Get them a fucking prop. From yeah, a because film. they'll probably slap the present out of your hand and, and be them. like, "How dare you? <laughs> 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 it's not original. <laughs> what? No, um." If they're a movie lover, there's this really great game called Cinephile. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a brilliant party game and you can go check that out. Um, but it's super, super fun and it's like kind of like um i don't know how to compare it to other games because i don't really play games that's like not my mo in life
0: yeah it's like it's almost like the degrees game where you find out how many degrees you are from someone else yeah in, yeah, in the yeah. game you draw two cards and i think they're both actors or characters i think they're actor cards yeah they're or cards. filmmakers
1: filmmakers it's like a mix it's like kind of like yeah. what we
0: do here so it's, it's a mix of filmmaker actor. it's a mix of daddies really yes, a mix of daddies <laughs> um and you have to find out like that you have to make a connection between them so it'll be like Tom Hanks and uh, the, the, the Meryl Street Meryl Streep <laughs> bad example but because it's not very hard but you would be like oh okay so like what movie have they been in and you try and uh, connect them it's
1: like what uh what Jeff Goldblum does yeah. <laughs> like, on a constant basis during his live show he'll yes. try to like he'll try to figure out what like degree of separation he is yeah from someone someone else, someone else will be like, all ah, right, Laura Dern, Laura Dern. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Laura Dern was in this movie. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, oh, and I was in Jurassic Park with her. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's start the show. So, yeah. it's basically that, but in your living room. And it makes a lot more sense that yeah, way. Yeah. And so it's
0: really fun to get, like, real filmy people to do it and make connections between obscure people. Absolutely. So, that's my yeah. thing. Um, I'm going to say that okay if you're with a real movie person and you need to get them a present and you're afraid that they'll hate what you get get
1: so so a film bro a film or a film connoisseur
0: um as long as they're also a nice person and if they're not then you shouldn't be hanging out with them (laughs) (laughs) run (laughs) but if they are a nice person and they have never seen your favorite movie I think you should give them your favorite movie and have it be something that you can, like, share
1: with them. Like, if your favorite movie is Cars, for example, (laughs) starring Owen Wilson.
0: Exactly. That's
1: exactly what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. (laughs) No, no, no. I think that that's great. Um, There's also this... The last thing that I'll leave you guys with, because I think that this is actually a good gift to give any movie lover... Um, there is this frame that my husband recently was looking at mm-hmm. that is basically like all of the colors in the film, like sliced into little lines. Oh. And you, like, look at the artwork. I'm going to have to look it up. It's called From. From. And F R O M E. And the website is f r o m e.com. Dot co, actually. There's no M. There's no com.
0: CO. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. incredible. <laughs>
1: it's basically like all of the frames in the movie put together in like little lines. And so you see the entire spectrum of the color of the entire film. It's pretty fucking cool. That's very cool. I have my eye on the, can you like
0: request any movie or is it only a certain,
1: they have like all the movies of all time. Okay. Except not the ones that are really obscure. (laughs) okay <laughs> okay that sounds cool uh that's those are some gifts great enjoy the holiday season go purchase go purchase go spend money capitalism promoting capitalism yeah and
0: when you buy it leave a note and say i heard about you from this podcast and
1: then uh, you know one day you'll have a discount code use code jessica for 10 <laughs> 10 <for> 10. <laughs> uh, all right well that was freaking nora goddamn efron yeah we, we love, love that her. bitch we rest in humble peace, m'lady. Yes, girl. We love you. Your legacy lives on, girl. Yes. And as always, don't sue us, Daddy Fabro. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.